Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. We are definitely entering a wedding season. And uh, perhaps you've been asked to be a best man. And with that, at some point, you're going to have to do the best man speech. Have you been a best man before, Lucky? I have, yes. Yes. I have done uh, that role. Of, uh, generally, I get the uh, get asked to be the MC or mm. master of some ceremony somewhere in there. Some sort of speaking role. Um, yeah, I've been a best man a couple of times, and it seems to have worked out. Now, one time, and this is a little tip I'll give you, because it worked out great for me. And I got uh, the right amount of uh, laughter, and it was uh, timed out really well because you don't want to be up there for too long. But uh, I went online to YouTube, and I looked up emotional best man speeches, best uh, best emotional uh, best man speeches, uh, best uh, humorous best man speeches, three or four or five different ones. And I kind of handpicked a couple of jokes that I knew I could turn over to the uh, groom's name and, you know, and... Uh, because, look, it's like hiring writers. You know, most guys who are asked to be the best man are not professional writers. Right. Don't write comedy for TV. Don't. So you need some help. And so sometimes when you just sit down to write it yourself, oh, it, sometimes it, it doesn't come off the way you, uh, you thought it would or the jokes don't land the way you hoped they would. Whereas if you kind of, you know, take a little bit from some YouTube videos, uh, you can see where how a guy executed a joke and how it landed. Yes. You know, and you can try to implement that into your, your you, speech. You ever been to one where someone w- tried to wing it? Oh, yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Spectacularly bad. Yeah, it's usually... Well, a couple of times I've seen people who they wing it, for one, which is bad. They've already had too much to drink, which right. is bad. And they're not even on mic, so they're kind of like way over yeah. here. <laughs> I want to just tell you about the time we went to uh, camp together. You know, they have no idea what they're no, doing. This yeah. is brutal. Yeah. Um, or they're just swollen to Mike, and it's it, like absolutely <laughs> can't understand a bloody word they're saying. Um, so things you should avoid, though: uh, bringing up the groom's exes, even for a great joke. Right. Yes. Focusing too much on yourself. Definitely. Not- even even the introduction. I mean, you're introduced already. Yeah. So there's always a roll of the eyes for me when the speech starts with, well, as they just said, my name is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know me, my na- no one cares who you are. Just give your speech. Not mentioning the bride enough or at all. Right. Of course you have to, at the very least, toast her and yes. comment about how beautiful she looks that day. Deciding not to prep a speech and, as we said, just wing it. Right. Taking too long. Yeah, there really is a cutoff. Uh-huh. Especially if there's others who need to get up and speak. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, if, yeah, have your, your thoughts written down. Mm-hmm. But if you need a stapler. Um, <laughs> bookmark. <laughs> it's, if, if it's more than two pages. Yeah. Then you've got issues. You gotta you gotta tighten that up. You can really do a lot in like ninety seconds. Right. Yeah. You really can. I mean, I know that's fast. Maybe that's a little too short. But even two to three minutes max. It's, oh, for sure. It's enough. I uh, I started. Uh, I'll probably screw it up because I used it. and I haven't said it in a long time. But uh, I always opened with a. Um, Somebody once told me that the speech should be no longer than the amount of time the groom could last on the wedding night. <laughs> and then I'd go sit down. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good one. <laughs> that, was a good that one. will be borrowed yeah, based oh, yeah. on hearing that. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, telling an unflattering story about the groom. He probably, a story he probably never wanted his family to know about. And there is a problem that a lot of times if you're like their friend, 
You're, you've been best friends for life. We have a real habit of going back and telling some drunk story when we were 18 that right. nobody cares about. Yeah. Well, any of the inside stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Plus, it was in college. He was only experimenting. Right. <laughs> 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 Happened once. So just some tips there. Um, this is interesting in the world of weddings. The white wedding dress seems to be uh, disappearing, and black wedding dresses seem to be the rage. Wow. Well, look, here's the reality. You know, the white dress impl- uh, indicates purity, and I don't think there's many brides walking up the aisle right. who are still virgins anymore. Yes, but I, I think more than anything, more than the symbolism of the purity, it's that it just, it, the bride stands out. Mm. You know, that's why others are not to wear white mm. to a wedding. Right, right, and in fact, I, I didn't think you know you were supposed to wear black to a wedding either. Well, um, a black cocktail dress on a right. lady is fine, I would guess. But uh, but certainly, like a a black wedding dress is yeah. a, is a departure. Bridal show, uh, a bridal shop owner says that they've had uh, a big spike in uh, custom orders for black wedding dresses. So, well, they're also trending now: blue, purple, red. Yeah, I just think the whole white thing seems so dated. You know, it's all of the whole wedding process is dated. <laughs> but uh, so you can order a, a black dress, and I think too, I think for a lot of like fathers giving their daughter away, they even in the back of their mind they know there's no chance she deserves to wear this white dress. <laughs> they, they like to stand beside her, thinking she's still pure as the driven snow. I got to uh, actually, I spent a good chunk of my day figuring out how to do a Bitcoin transfer. Because I got a guy who uh, sent me an email this morning saying I got to pay him fifteen hundred bucks uh, through Bitcoin, or he's going to release all sorts of video he has of me not only watching porn but enjoying myself. To oh porn. Lord! Nobody needs to see that old face. <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks. That's all. That's all he wants. Fifteen hundred. That's the ransom. Yeah, he says he's gonna he's gonna share it with all my family and friends. <clears throat> Listen, you know what? I wouldn't pay even if it was even if it was legit. I just say share it. Right. I was masturbating. <laughs> Who hasn't? Who hasn't? I wasn't robbing anybody. Uh, I'm glad to see our level of fame is raised yeah. to fifteen hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred bucks. I look like a dog eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter when you try to give them a pill. So, any, but you know, it's it's funny with the spam, and we read earlier that people get a lot of it every day and every week, and we certainly here at The Rock have gone through some training to be aware of spam coming in because it can cause complete havoc in your workplace. Uh, but And they're, they're really good at it. And like, this guy's got my full name, and it's, you know, it's to the rock.fm, which I know is all a hoax because I, I don't, I, I at least don't watch porn. That's not connected. Right. I keep my porn and my work <laughs> very separate. <laughs> <laughs> like and SFW, right. That's right. That's right. But you got to be, man, you got to really be be aware and be careful of these you gotta things. You got to look for little little subtleties yeah. that, you know, and and they tend to be like, you know, they could look legit like it's from a legit company, yeah. uh, Apple or something like that. And you look at the bottom when you look, when you click on the link to her unsubscribing or returning, you'd look and see, well, all right, it's certainly, you know, a bad website or a bad email address. You know, that, you know, it's not going to Apple or right. it's going to, you know, applesteve.com. <laughs> yeah. So he claims he's giving me 48 hours to pay or he's going to release all this footage. Wow. Uh, at least it'll be a short film. <laughs> Very quick. Um, so just a heads up to rock, good rock listeners to you as well. Lucky. If you happen to see Craig Venn masturbating oh, no, link, no. just do me a favor and, and delete it. If you ever say, 
does someone need a hug? Don't direct it at a man. There's now scientific proof he doesn't need one. Can I have a hug? No. Give me a hug. No way. Come here. I'm not coming over there. Let's go. Forget it. Well, don't look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. Give your father a hug. You're... Hey, don't 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 touch me. Hog, hog, get away from me, you lazy-eyed psycho. <laughs> so good. I understand there are some rumors that uh, there is another Austin Powers in the war. Oh, really? That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. A new study found that women's stress levels tend to drop when their significant other hugs them. They tested it by checking for the stress hormone before and after they were hugged, and it made a pretty big difference. But when a man receives a hug from his partner, it didn't help. <laughs> Their stress level basically stays the same. And you know why that is? Because we still know after the hug, the car still has to be fixed. Right. The lawn still has to be clean. I have to go upstairs and kill those kids. <laughs> and that hug isn't leading to what we think it is. No. We start dry humping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even when you're hugging her to <laughs> console or to just relax, yeah. you know. There's that thought of, well, this could lead to something. Well, yes, because we believe that a porn can break out at any time. Any moment. And you have to be careful with the hug, too, because sometimes if if your girlfriend or wife is agitated, upset, or stressed, and you go in with this, does somebody need a hug? Oh, yeah. You sound condescending. Very much so. So you got to be careful. And then how long do you linger with that hug? Right. That's always the thing, too. Especially if somebody's grieving, you know. Mm. And, and if it's like, say, it's a, a friend or a, a cousin, how long? And, and what's our separation? You know, right. you, you yeah. got to do that little dip. You, you can't have your hips rubbing up against them. Right. Say, listen, I, my mother just died. Can you, can you back it up a bit, Joe? Got to be very careful. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so, uh, ladies, the hug isn't helping your, your man. Okay. Another three fingers of scotch. <laughs> That's the one fix them. How much money do you have to make to be rich? So people were asked about yearly incomes. Okay. How much money a year do you think you'd have to make to be rich? Now, I guess it really is based on your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, somebody can be surviving on seventy grand and living a pretty good life, and somebody else would need two hundred and seventy grand. It all depends on what you like to do and how you like to spend your money. Right to be considered rich, yeah, well, yeah. You're, I think you're up in the uh, in in the mid six figures at that point. Mid six, yeah. Well, like uh, at least uh, like probably three hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably be in that three, three. to five to be considered. To be considered a... Seems like know. a lot. Like, you know, three hundred to $500,000 a year, that, that's a pretty big paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, this is talking about rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not talking about, you know, surviving or not talking about, you know, doing well. This right. Is, this is rich. Gen Z say about... Uh, and this is... Actually, it's funny. When asked, it's like exact numbers. So Gen Z say 394000 Okay. Millennials say 721000 Yeah. Gen Xers say $887,000. And baby boomers said just over a million a year in income. Yeah. Yeah, to be rich. Pretty much everyone agreed. You're also rich if you've got about a million in savings. Right. Yeah, well, and I guess, you know, you know, rich people will tell you that, you know, as your income goes up, so do your bills. Mm-hmm. Right? So... 
And it all depends. But that's like, self-imposed. Yeah, I too. know. But I, it like, all depends, too, on uh, what you're making and what you're spending it on, mm-hmm. right? I think po- people who don't have it think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be uh, rich if I had a little bit more. It's like you with your Lotterio theory, yeah. right? You're like, okay, I don't need the, the $65 million pot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'd be nice. But, uh, you know, just give me a million yeah, uh, tax free. Game drop changer. It my, and, and it's just a game changer. You would, you would feel rich, but you wouldn't change your lifestyle, rich, right? Mm. You start making seven, eight hundred grand. Uh, you know, you're you're changing your lifestyle. Yep, as well. Yeah, you're. you're so you can either be rich. I guess what I'm saying is, you need to be rich in the lifestyle you have, or if you're going for you know an extravagant lifestyle on top of that. I think too it also depends and this shows with the different uh, age groups and what they believe uh, is rich money but certainly uh, where I stand now my view on money is much different than it was say when I was in my mid 20s and I, yeah if all of a sudden I landed some job that was paying me 700 grand a year uh, I would probably end up moving out of my poo hut and into a larger poo hut <laughs> but um <laughs> But I, I'm at a place in my life now where I just think, boy, I, you know, if, if again, with the Lotterio and a million dollars, I would just, I would stay in that house. I would, you know, I would really deck it out, make it quite nice in there. And I would really enjoy life. The material stuff, I could care less. Yeah. I don't need the high-end car. I don't need the cottage on the lake. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the world. I'd like to see as much of this planet as I possibly could before I curl my toes. Right. I think that's where I'd spend the dough. Yeah, and I think you know, in the end, for most people, it's just the ability to do what you want mm. when you want without having to think, not necessarily about consequences, but about uh, what's this going to do to my bank account? Mm-hmm. Or can we afford this? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, half of us believe we'll be rich someday, and almost all, regardless of what we believe is a great income, say money can buy happiness. And yes, Yes, it can, yeah. because one of the biggest things uh, in our life that is a, a stress and destroys families and marriages is uh, a lack of dough. You know, if your day is going horrible and you can just turn to your spouse and say, let's go out and grab dinner. And I can't, I, I don't want to cook tonight. I don't want to deal. That that takes money and money buys even that subtle happiness. Right. You know, if you're stressed and broke and you still got two kids to feed at home and you don't know how you're going to pay the hydro or the rent that month, it's it's tough living. I'll say this. Money, much like freedom, uh, for those who have it, mm. can't pretend what it's like to know not to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to say, oh, I could live without money. I'm I've got it. I'm not happy. Mm. Right. But. No, no, no. Try try living without it, and then you'll know what, yeah. what unhappiness really is. Yeah, try struggling uh, week to week. You know, again, you know, we're not in these categories of rich, but, you know, you look at your lifestyle and the things you've accomplished and what you have, and by some standard, we're doing pretty damn good. Right. You know, compared to many. Uh, I'm proud of my poo hut. <laughs> it's a nice little poo hut. How many salads do you think you eat in a week? <laughs> I don't need two hands. Um, I, I do like a salad, but I, obviously Caesar, which isn't the best for you. No. Um, but uh, we had a side, side Caesar salad last night. Uh, does potato salad count? Chicken salad? Guess not. Well, maybe. It just says salads. Right. So it I could think be they're any... probably talking more vegetable and lettuce. Yeah, probably. 
I, I don't believe this. You know, people were asked, and I think they're up in the numbers a bit, but people say they have about four salads a week. That's a good side. It's a, a terrific, right. great, easy side. If you're having, like last night we had pasta and meatballs, and so, you know, you make a little garden salad as a, as a side. It's easy to, we eat a lot of salads, uh, and a chicken salad, and we'll make that steak salad. And I came up with some, it's a French name, I can't remember, but it includes like, asparagus and green beans and uh, kidney beans and red onion and uh, a hard-boiled egg, potato, uh, all on a bed of romaine lettuce and then made with like a vinaigrette. Oh, really? Really good. We had it for dinner. It took me forever to make it. I said, I'm only doing this once. But uh, salads are good for the summer, you know? Yeah, and well, well, yeah, we have a lot of side like macaroni, pasta salads and Mm. stuff. We we tend to Mm -hmm. do up a lot of those and have a lot of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And just do a chicken with it. Um, people say the uh, the ultimate salad is an iceberg lettuce topped with dressings and uh, all sorts of uh, goodies like cucumbers, tomatoes, olives. There was stuff. a time, uh, you know, and I, I think it disappeared pre-COVID. But you remember when, like, the salad bar was, like, the draw of mm-hmm. a restaurant? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, got to go there for the salad bar. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. I remember mothers, when they were around, they had a pretty big salad bar. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah, you just uh, top it all up. But now it's gross. It's like, it's like eating at buffet restaurants. I don't want everybody breathing all over the food. And there's a guy who could probably uh, enjoy a salad or needs a salad. And there's a dude named Don Gorski. He holds the Guinness World Record for the most Big Macs eaten since 1999. And now he's officially been at it for 50 years. Oh, wasn't there a special on him, I think, at one point? Was there? Yeah. He averages two Big Macs a day and keeps receipts for every order dating back to 1972. So he's been doing it for 50 years. Yes. And um, he's only missed eight days where he hasn't had at least one Big Mac. As of Tuesday, he'd eaten 32,944 Big Macs. Right. As a side of Coke. When you see him, he's not a big dude. Like He's a tall dude. Um, But he's out there. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna suggest saying to lunch, but that's a bad pun. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and he keeps. I think he keeps the containers, the receipts, the receipts. Yeah. yeah, but he keeps a lot of stuff. Uh, he said many people told him he'd be dead before he reached 50 years uh, with eating all those Big Macs. He says, "I guess I proved them all wrong," and he's not stopping. He says he'll continue eating Big Macs until he dies. I mean, I like McDonald's. I really do. But every day, it's crazy. The right? same sandwich too. Like, yeah, I guess so. You can mix up the menu a little bit. I'd be upset if I was him, and every time I went to the counter, they asked me what I wanted. <laughs> you don't know. Look, every day, fifty years. <laughs> and I mean, the people I remember. And there's a documentary about it. The people who were, you know, at the McDonald's. Oh, he's a treasure. Like, yeah, I'm sure off camera they're like, oh, this dude again. <laughs> I just think he must stink. He <laughs> smell like the sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess he's glad he doesn't live in Russia. Right. Oh, man. He? He'd be screwed. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.